Hello and welcome to Investigative Postcast, a new podcast from Investigative Post. I'm Dan Talvach, environmental reporter for Investigative Post, a nonprofit investigative reporting center dedicated exclusively to watchdog journalism in Buffalo and Western New York. In this week's episode, I spoke to Assemblyman Sean Ryan over the phone about lead poisoning, which continues to be a serious problem in the city of Buffalo. Sean, welcome. Thanks for having me on, Dan, and I really appreciate the time you spent you know, talking about this very important issue. You know, it's, a, it's a slow and persistent public health issue uh, that's been around for a very long time. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about your district, its boundaries. Who are your constituents? Sure. So, you know, in the city of Buffalo, I have the, the entire uh, west side of the city of Buffalo going down through Canal Side. So really, uh, if you think of it as, the, as Elmwood, uh, all the way over to the river and, and all the way down to City Hall. So it's a, it's a, it's a richly diverse uh, district in terms of race, ethnicity, but also uh, income and housing stock. Gotcha. So we're, we're going to talk about lead poisoning. And recently, you convened what I would call basically a roundtable, where, where everyone discussed lead poisoning. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what this roundtable is and, and what its mission is. Sure. I'm, um, I had a commission in the assembly that deals with relationships between uh, state and local governments. So we brought a group of, of county and city leaders together in Rochester just to hear what every municipality is doing to address the problem of, of chronic uh, lead poisoning. So we got to hear from people from the city level, from the county level, and the, and the state level, because we're all pretty clear that we all have to work together um, you know, to, to help make this problem go away. And it's a preventable health crisis. You know, that's what it's, it's hard to understand sometimes, but lead poisoning is, is entirely uh, preventable, but we have to have policies in place to make that happen. So over the years, the state, the counties, the cities have all engaged in different policies. So we want to take a step back, look at all the policies, and identify the best practices to try to have a real uh, strategic plan going forward. Why is the state and, and yourself and, and looking into this now? Like you said, this has been a long-standing problem, especially in Buffalo. And... Other for the past decade or so, there hasn't been a whole lot of action with lead poisoning, especially from the Department of Health. Um, it's it's kind of status quo. Uh, the programs that have been in place for the for the last few years are, are exist today, and there's there's been progress, but we still have a serious problem here. So, why is this an important issue now? Well, this is the thing. It, it's always been an important issue, but it's it's a really complex issue. So in the late 90s, there was a huge push to, to get lead, lead poisoning under control, put a lot of policies uh, in place. But then we had to wait and see what the impact of those policies were. But certainly what happened in the interim was, was, a, was fatigue. So one public health problem uh, came to the table, one other more important or more urgent one came to the table, and lead kind of went uh, off the radar screen. Well, we are talking about the health of children, and um, it, it is an important issue. 
and which which brings me to this next question. The State Department of Health yep. continues to rely on an outdated blood lead level right. that triggers government intervention. Right. It's triple the level recommended by the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention. Right. In addition, the state only reports levels that are still double CDC levels. So a lot of cases don't even get reported, and there's, there's not very much accurate data that's out there. Sounds like a problem? It, it's a huge problem, and it's an example of you know, not, not keeping up with the time. So who gets the attention with public health often depends on who's advocating for it. So in the past 15 years since, we, since we've taken our, our eye off lead, you know, we've done a lot of work on Alzheimer's uh, in, in dementia. But that meant nothing was happening with lead. So 15 years ago, this idea of, of poisoning levels of, of 15 uh, deciliters uh, was, was the standard. But since then, it's changed radically. Now the Center for Disease Control says that five, five deciliters it should be when services kick in. But in New York State, you're flagged at 10 deciliters, but no medical services really kick in until you're at 15. Um, and that's all based on outdated uh, science. So we, we need to modernize that. So right now in New York State, until you hit 15 deciliters, triple what the CDC says is, is appropriate. Not until then do you get a complete medical assessment. Uh, does a public nurse come to your house? So it's a graduated system, but we, we, need, we need to recalibrate it. And just to be clear, just to just to be clear to our listeners, it's it, um, it, 15 micrograms per deciliter of blood, and, it, and, and is is what the state health department uses to trigger a full environmental um, home inspection by local health officials. And it's five micrograms per deciliter of blood uh, that uh, the CDC level uh, is the CDC level that uh, they say should trigger some sort of intervention. So, so we're we're way behind the times. And it's medical too. Sure. Not sure. until you get to 15 in New York State do the uh, do the, the state provided uh, medical assessment um, come in. So it's the house, but also um, you know the, the patient itself. And here's the thing, also Dan, with these lead cases, there's five zip codes in the city of Buffalo that provide most of our our lead cases. Those are the same five zip codes that that the lead cases came out of 20 years ago. Uh, hasn't, haven't changed at all. We know where they are. It, it's it's the uh, it's the entire west side of Buffalo. Um, it's it's three zip codes uh, on the east side of Buffalo. So we know where these cases are. It's almost exclusively linked to poverty, um, and it's almost exclusively linked to housing stock that is not just old, but is in poor conditions. So where do you, back to the DOH, uh, Department of Health, relying on outdated uh, information, where, where do you, as a lawmaker, where do you play a role? Where do you come in? What can you do? We, we do two things. One is we need to help the state and city and municipals uh, coordinate their efforts to make sure that they're spending their public health dollars, often dollars that New York State gives the municipalities, spending it in a wise way. So we know that Rochester is doing things differently than New York City, who's doing things differently than Syracuse, who's doing things differently than Elmira. But nobody's stopped to do an assessment of all those areas to determine which policies are the most impactful. In the second, you know, there, there's a few steps New York can do. You know, one is 
we need to update and reinvigorate the New York State-led task force. So that was signed into law in 2009, but it's been, it's been dormant. So we need, to, we need to bring that back alive. We need to have nurses and schools have access to individual lead paint results, much as they do with vaccination. So right now, when you enroll your child in school, the school nurse has the ability to figure out if you have the right vaccinations. But they don't have the ability to figure out if you're currently lead poisoned or you've been lead poisoning. That's a big problem. That's a big one. The we school system has no idea how many children that might be in taking special ed classes because they have a high blood lead level and it's affecting their ability to learn. Exactly. Exactly. And also, it doesn't allow the school nurses to behave proactively. If you don't have your polio shot, you're not coming into school. We want to tell, we want to have them have the same ability to, to tell parents you need to get your child lead tested as part of entering school. So we need to make sure that testing is uniform, but also that we're dealing appropriately with children who have tested high for lead. Because we know any lead exposure above five can affect your cognitive abilities. Well, frankly, no level of lead in a child is safe, and, that's, and, right. and that's, that's important to know because there are even some local doctors here that, that um, aren't, aren't uh, up to date on, on what the science says. Sean, here's the, third. Uh, Here, here's the third thing to state. Sure. Uh, we have to allow local health departments to do more case management. Right now, if they do that case management on behalf of a child, they're not allowed to bill Medicaid. So we need to have the Department of Health provide technical, logistical, administrative support to allow this to happen. Um, in the long run, it'll save money under Medicaid, uh, but, it, but it needs to be done by the local health departments. So if we don't fund them to do this work, hire more staff, hire more prevention people, uh, you know, they, they won't do it. So we, we have a, a path here to knock down the rates of lead poisoning in New York State. Are you planning to tackle these issues? I am. I am. Let me, let me throw another one in. Um, any homeowner who's listening understands they have homeowner insurance. They have the homeowner insurance in case there's an injury at your house. If you're a homeowner, you have a swimming pool, someone gets injured in your pool, well, that those the health care costs of the person injured uh, will, will be covered. The medical costs uh, will be covered. But will you believe that the Department of Insurance in New York State allows insurance companies to issue homeowner policies, but in there, there's an exclusion saying we won't cover any damages as a result of lead poisoning. Now, how does that, okay, how does that work? So a homeowner cannot get coverage for lead? Yeah, well, they, they, buy, their no way to, they mm -hmm. buy their insurance policy. Uh, they, they pay the money, um, and if you know, you're the owner of, of a two- or three-family house, you get that coverage, you find out a child in your house has been poisoned and has irreparable brain damage, um, there's no recovery through the, the usual insurance mechanism. The homeowner has no choice. They can't get coverage for lead poisoning, whether it's a, a rental or their child. They, they have no choice. They cannot get coverage for, for something like this. Right. The State Department of Insurance wow. is allowed insurance companies to write it out. 
Okay. So insurance companies today would love to write out bicycle accidents, slip and falls on stairs, trampoline injuries, swimming pool injuries, but we don't let them do that. So in 1994, prior to 1994, some small local insurance companies uh, who insure in some of the older areas of the, of the state, they quietly got exclusions. But uh, Governor Mario Cuomo found out about that, and uh, he, he put a moratorium on any more exclusions. But in 1997, under, under Governor Pataki, they lifted the moratorium, and slowly but surely, almost every insurance company writes insurance policies in New York State has excluded the coverage of lead injuries. Okay. Get, get this. Get this, Dan. So this is how I'd like you to think about this. So we would never accept it if they excluded swimming pool injuries. Partially because the people who have swimming pools uh, know how to advocate for themselves and, uh, you know, they're viewed uh, differently in society. But the people who are kids who are suffering from lead poisoning almost always live in areas of poverty and, you know, statistically are more likely to be children of color. So we're excluding from coverage injuries that more likely occur to poor kids and to kids of color. Okay, so former Governor Mario Cuomo had a moratorium. It was removed by Governor Pataki. Correct. We now have uh, Mario Cuomo's son as governor. So it seems like there's an opportunity here to approach the governor, Andrew Cuomo, and say, we we got to stop this nonsense. Right. I mean, it, what, what how, how do you come into this? What, what, is your, what, are, what are your thoughts? Are you going to try to tackle the powerful insurance industry on this? I, I am. I am. So we're going to spend some time between now and the start of the year, um, you know, talking to the Department of Financial Services uh, about this and see if we can get them to administratively change their policies. If they don't, we're going to go after it legislatively, and we're going to ban their ability to offer uh, these exclusions. Because, you know, there's economic motives here. So if a, someone owns a, a two-family house, their landlord who doesn't live there, they're able to get complete homeowner's coverage. So if the house burns down, you know, they're covered. Catastrophic injury happens, they're covered. But insurance companies make sure that if they provide coverage that you don't keep your house in a dangerous condition. So they're not going to give you coverage, say, if, you know, you have a, a 40-foot hole in your backyard, uh, you know, a dangerous condition. They'll say, we're not going to cover you unless you fix that dangerous condition. But because they exclude lead paint, the insurance companies aren't telling the landlords that your coverage for other things that you want are predicated on keeping your house lead safe, that there's no economic incentive for a property owner to make their houses lead safe. They'll still get their insurance companies. If they're owned the houses under a limited liability corporation, they themselves can't be held liable. So they set up a situation where there's no economic incentive for a property owner to make their house lead safe. And if somebody does suffer a catastrophic lead injury, everyone shrugs their shoulders and say, well, I'm not responsible. 
Sean, we just have a short short time left here. I want to just ask you this. So it's it's easier to propose a bill. The challenge is getting it passed. Sure. How do you get bipartisan support for something like this? Uh, the policy has been in place in the state for many years. Right. How, how do you convince both sides of the aisle here that this is an important issue? We need to stop this. So I think what we do is shine the light on it and identify it as a preventable public health problem that's very costly, uh, not of just to the people getting poisoned, but to the, you know, the entire public. Right? So someone's lead poisoned, we all pay for special education services. We all pay for vocational services when that person becomes older. The economy suffers because their earning powers are, are reduced. All our costs increase. So we want to make sure that, that we, can, we can contain that. We can contain that by having lead-free houses. And the insurance companies play a vital role in, in making that happen. But we have to identify it as what it is. It's a public health problem that's persistent. It's been there a long time, but it's 100% preventable. So we have you know, thousands of kids each year uh, you know, being poisoned in New York State. You know, we average three to 500 in Erie County, and that number has been so consistent over the years that you sort of no longer think of it as a crisis. It becomes the norm. So we have to shake it up to say this isn't the norm. Uh, we, we need to do better. Real quick, you're planning to have uh, a similar roundtable in Buffalo. Uh, you, you told me coming this fall possibly? Yeah, based on what, what we learned on our Rochester roundtable, you know, we want to convene it in certainly the major city outside of, of New York City is, is Buffalo. So this fall we plan to bring a, a similar group of people around the table. Um, and so the people from Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and Albany can all learn from each other about what programs are most effective to stem the poisoning of children. Great. Well, Sean, uh, Assemblyman Sean Ryan, thanks for being a guest on Investigative Postcast. Uh, we'll be in touch when you, when you let me know when you have this, uh, this roundtable in Buffalo, and uh, we'll have you back on. Well, you're welcome. It was, really, it was my pleasure to be here today. You can find more of my reporting on lead poisoning online at investigativepost.org. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.